This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. Holy intro. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Caped Podcasters. And this is the show that's going to service your fandom all the way up the wazoo, old chum. Golly gee, I can't wait to see what's in store for the people at home today. <laughs> Golly gee. <laughs> Uh, I will give you money out of my own bank account <laughs> if you talk like Burt Ward for a full hour. <laughs> that would be difficult to maintain. It would be. Even Burt Ward's going, don't do it, son. Oh, gosh. I don't think you could do that. That's a big challenge. It's, it's easier to do an Adam West than a Burt Ward because a Burt Ward, you have to just like get so enthusiastic over absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. golly gee willikers, Brian, you're drinking a Truly. And it kind of tastes like feet. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with this truly, but. What flavor? Feet? Rex Ryan flavored? It's, uh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino, Rex Ryan collab. <laughs> no, it's strawberry. I think it's just old. Gross. Yeah. Anyway, this week we are talking <laughs> about Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders from 2016, directed by Rick Morales. Not Rick Moranis. That's right. That's a missed opportunity, but also not. <laughs> That'd be weird if this is what he came back for. Instead of that weird Ryan Reynolds commercial, he just like, no, nah, I actually just did a random ass animated movie for <laughs> Warner Brothers. Yeah, I did an animated reboot slash sequel of the 66 Batman series. Maybe you've heard of it. Have you seen this thing before? I didn't even really know this thing existed, except kind of like, I'd heard about it, but I didn't know much about it at all. That's kind of where my head was, too. Like, I knew it existed. And on the podcast Hollywood Babylon, Ralph Garman always talked about this back in 2016 because he was so excited that Adam fucking West and Burt fucking Ward and Julie fucking Newmar were going to reprise their roles from the 66 Batman in honor of the 50th anniversary of Batman 66. Which is pretty excellent. It is extremely excellent. What are your thoughts on this thing? Right away. This thing is like a bazooka to the face. It's like a bazooka to the face. That's more appropriate. Yes. <laughs> but the amount of fan service done in this thing makes Rise of Skywalker look tame. I completely agree. This thing is doing nothing but playing you all the Batman's greatest hits. And? And it's fantastic. It really is. It does such a good job of like... Bringing back that camp from 66, but like kind of sprinkling in the Batman of modern with little little hints and things they couldn't have done back then. It's great. It's a bunch of actors, voice actors, writers, director who are just fully aware of what that show was yeah. and what it still could be and just leaning in and having a ball. The most leaning in. Do you want to just get right into this thing? Yeah, I think we should. The opening credits. We get animated recreations of actual Detective Comics and Batman comic book covers set to a reorchestrated rendition of the classic theme song. What could be better? Nothing, I think is what you're looking for? I think an the answer is nothing. Nothing could be better. When we get into the actual movie at stately Wayne Manor, after some ballet lessons that will surely come back later, <laughs> Chekhov's ballet lessons. If, you have, if you're taking ballet lessons in the, in the first act, you better get acrobatic or something in the third. Is that how it goes? I don't, I don't know. know. Just leave the ballet lessons in the first act. There was a part of me that thought that he was like, maybe I'll Nightwing at the end of this. Because I would love to hear Burt Ward as Nightwing. Oh, man. Missed opportunity. It really was. But also, I'm fine it didn't happen. I still kind of want it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, played by Adam fucking West. I say played by because there's no way that this man is not going full just tilt into this acting job that he's doing here. It's it's voice work, but you know behind the mic he's he's just going for it. He's absolutely going for it. And 
He's not a stranger to voice work because he is Mayor Adam West in Family Guy. And he's been, he had been doing that for years and years and years. It's probably his second biggest role. Without a doubt. But here, he said it took him about 20 seconds to get back into the role. (laughs) Yeah. It was was a real arduous task for him. Because realistically, yes, it's Adam West playing Batman. But also, it's Adam West playing Adam West playing Batman. Exactly. So Bruce Wayne and his teenage ward, Dick Grayson, voiced by Burt fucking Ward, they are watching their favorite television program, The Gotham Palace. During the show, the band that was supposed to perform, Hector and the Ho Daddies, was just a great <laughs> band name. <laughs> it is a great band name. It's revealed that they've been incapacitated and replaced by a band of the dynamic duo's greatest villains, Joker, voiced by Jeff Bergman, Penguin, voiced by William Salyers, Riddler, voiced by Wally Wingert, and Catwoman, voiced by Julie fucking Newmar. I like how you gave one the fucking, but I will throw out another fucking in there. Because Jeff fucking Bergman is doing an unbelievable Cesar Romero. He's doing a really good Cesar Romero. And there, the weird thing about this Joker is it's it sounds like Cesar Romero, but it acts like animated series Joker. That, to me, is just a mwah. Yeah. Big ol' chef's kiss. And I, I actually really like the way William Salyers does the, the penguin laugh. It's very good. They're at this show for the purpose of letting Gotham know they're going to do a crime, I guess. They always have to announce their presence. They're like, hey, know. we're the villains. We're here. That's right. Naturally, Riddler leaves behind a clue. As you do. Bruce and Dick suit up as Batman and Robin and head to the Gotham City Police Department. But not before Aunt Harriet, voiced by Lynn Marie Stewart. Hints that she's keen to their secret, and they tell her they gotta go fishing. That is great voice casting, because when you hear it, all you're hearing is Charlie's mom from It's Always Sunny. Yup. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of those things where, like, wow, if they go fishing, she's just gonna go upstairs with all the Santa Clauses. She is. She's gonna entertain those Santa Clauses all night. Merry Christmas, Charlie. We also get a kick-ass 360 view of the animated Batmobile. We do, and let me say this. It was my only pet peeve of watching this because they do go down the poles into yes. the Bat Cave, but then we see them get sort of changed as they go down. It's like, yeah. don't do that. that no, don't do, do that. that. You're, they're you're supposed to go down mystique. in their whatever they're wearing upstairs and then just appear at the bottom. Right. You're That's supposed it. To just, That's what it's supposed to be. You go in wearing an ascot, you come out wearing a cowl. That's just science. You know, I don't need to see the removal of the ascot and the addition of the cowl while you're sliding. Don't need it. Dave, I have the first of the actual IMDb trivia facts. Okay. There's 24 in total for this movie. Oh, now when I was done with it. Two that I pulled. <laughs> but I do have what I suspect are six caped trivia facts. So That sounds about right. I was just sitting there at work and they were just flowing out of my idiot head. Yeah, they're just like, I got it. I know exactly what to write about this. It felt like I was Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, and I was just laying on the bed dying. Yeah. And Salieri was at the foot of the bed, just typing in whatever nonsense I was saying, going, well, this is your masterpiece, (laughs) or however Amadeus went. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's a terrific film. I've never seen it, but. But F. Mary Abraham, yeah, he lives in my bedroom, and he takes my IMDb trivia notes according to this scenario. Kanshu? Yes, the voice of. I got more of a Dan Brown vibe than a uh, than a Mozart vibe, but we'll get there. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> the first actual IMDb trivia fact. The engine sound effect used for the Batmobile is the same one used for the DeLorean and Back to the Future films. Well, all right. So, you know, they share an engine sound. Neato! At Gotham PD, the caped crusaders receive a riddle from Commissioner Gordon voiced by Jim Ward, no relation, and (laughs) Chief O'Hara, voiced by Thomas fucking Lennon. I'm so happy you gave him the fucking, I was worried. He always deserves it, uh, mostly because of this here caped IMDb trivia fact. I'm not even saying I suspect it is. (laughs) A scene of Chief O'Hara, new boot scootin', was removed from the final film. It's true. Look it up. It's on IMDb. It's IMDb, so you know it happened. The riddle they're trying to solve is poor people have it, rich people need it, and if you eat it, you'll die. As always, Batman is quick with the answer to the riddle, nothing, and then he and Robin deduce through random word association that the criminals must be robbing the Acme Atomic Energy Laboratory because of goose eggs and lunar eclipses and all that. 
Right. And that's the way they always solve any of these riddles anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant the way it's all set up and done because, I mean, they might as well have Superman here with these leaps and bounds that they're taking. <laughs> I couldn't remember if I was watching Batman or Stretch Armstrong. It works, though. It really they does. They make it work. They, they somehow lean in far enough that it's like, yep, that's That's definitely it. it, yes. I always like that Batman knows it, but he's like, I want Robin to figure this out. I'm going to walk him through it. It's the world's greatest detective. He detects that Robin's got it. At the Acme Atomic Energy Lab, Batman makes sure Robin doesn't jaywalk because they are law-abiding citizens. And this brings up possibly my favorite moment of this movie, and it had me almost on the floor laughing. <laughs> because Robin's just ready to go jaywalking. He's, he's ready to just charge into that lab. And Batman is like, no, Robin, we are law-abiding citizens. To the crosswalk! Quickly, Robin, to the crosswalk! <laughs> and then I love how they're walking across the street, and he's like... Thank you. He's Thank waving you. to the car, stop the cross. It's so good. <laughs> it's oh my unbelievable. God. It's so good. They arrive inside to find that a replication ray invented by Dr. Nichols has been stolen by the criminals. The replication ray has the power to replicate. It makes perfect duplicates of anything it scans and shoots. Nothing in this movie has subtle names at all. Just like any other Batman 66 it's very appropriate. should be. It's perfect. After a brief fight, complete with the on-screen onomatopoeia that you're accustomed to, like Zop, Cram, and Spork. <laughs> One of them said Spork. Yep. Catwoman distracts Batman long enough for the Penguin to whack him real good on the head, which makes him see triple. And there are three Catwomen on the screen. Uh, one of them, of course, your Julie Newmar version, but you also get your, your Lee Merriweather and Eartha Kitt, which is pretty neat. It's very neat. The fight then turns into a chase, but the criminals use the ray gun to replicate potholes and escape the Batmobile. Which is a thing that they do. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is. But they do accidentally leave behind a clue. Of course they do. A piece of tin foil. What a clue. Back in the Batcave, the Bat computer analyzes the foil and finds remnants of gravy. <laughs> Can't make this shit up. <laughs> this leads the dynamic duo to the villain's lair in an abandoned TV dinner factory. And you know it's abandoned because the sign outside says abandoned factory. That was one of my favorite visual gags in the entire show movie. It's a, it feels so much like the show that I accidentally said show, but it's a movie. This movie has so many Teen Titans go to the movies vibes. Yes. That movie's off the walls good. Yes. And this is like a slower, slightly more adult, like you need to have a bit of a background in order to get it. Yeah, for sure. You have to be at least somewhat familiar with the 66 series. But the sentimentality is fully there. Yeah, it is leaning. It's like, we know what we're doing here. Come along for the ride with us. You should go along for the ride. It's wonderful. While discussing what to do with the replication ray, Catwoman reveals her plan to make Batman join their side with a scratch from a substance called Batnip. Get it? Because cats have catnip, so for a bat. Get it? Cinemacats.com. Uh, I didn't even check. No, that's the right <laughs> move. <laughs> Batman and Robin break into the abandoned factory by going up. The, they scale the side because they'd be expecting them to go through the front door, even though I, I'm pretty sure at this point they would never expect them to use the front door. No, they always scale the side. You have to. Always. Somehow we bring up the ballet again because Batman's worried that Robin's spending too much time working on his, his <laughs> biceps instead of his legs. It's pretty much like the smartest don't skip leg day joke. It really is. <laughs> they break into the factory, but they're outnumbered and defeated once again because Batman is distracted by Catwoman. This, this is a theme in this movie. Yes, it is. They end up tied to a giant frozen food tray. <laughs> Headed toward a giant oven, and you know it's a giant oven because it's labeled giant oven. I appreciate that they labeled a giant oven. Right? We're not in the bat game anymore. You don't have to do that, but appreciate it. Catwoman uses her bat nip on Batman, but he is supposedly unaffected by it because his constitutions are too strong for this witchy woman's ways or whatever it is. I think he says something like, I have strong moral fiber, Robin. That's it. I'm going to be fine. Strong moral... My moral fiber is stronger than any substance. Batamucil. It worked for me. <laughs> Keeps me bat regular. <laughs> That's so gross. 
The villains leave with the replication ray, while Batman and Robin inch closer to the oven. And they escape this scenario in the most Batman 66 way possible <laughs> of how they're inching closer and closer to this oven. And Batman says, good news, Robin. It's a giant lemon tart for dessert. To which Robin rightfully says, what the fuck are you talking about, Batman? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I guess we don't have to worry about spoiling our appetite. <laughs> we can eat dessert first. Since we're going to die. That's what he says. Batman says, this is the one time I'll advocate for eating dessert first. (laughs) And then, because Robin connects dots so quickly, he goes, oh, that's right. Lemons are acidic, Batman. (laughs) Yes, Robin, I can use the acidity of the lemon tart to loosen my bonds. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening here? I love it. Batman just throws his bound wrists into the lemon tart and... The acid from the lemon tart burns his ropes enough that he can get out. Yeah, problem solved. Naturally. I have to imagine that on the Great British Baking Show, (laughs) whenever that silver fox Paul Hollywood ties up his guests, because there's always one hot one, let's face it. Yeah. There's always one. And you know, Paul Hollywood and those baby blues, those steely blues, he's going, (laughs) you mean my personality's not working? All right, hope you've never seen Batman Return to the Cape Crusaders, or else you're going to be able to get out of this situation pretty easily. <laughs> we have a lot of lemon curd on set. I'm going to need everybody to get rid of the lemon curd and lemon tarts. All right, hide the lemons. I've got to get my ropes out. I can't have these biscochos escaping. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it sounds hilarious. Biscocho is cake in Spanish. Naturally. But it sounds so much hotter. <laughs> like if there were some Spanish rapper, just be like, my lemon curd brings all the bizcochos to the yard or something like you're, you're like, that's not too out of place. It sounds like yeah. that should be it. You actually nailed it. That's the ver- That's actually my favorite version of that song. The great Spanish baking show. <laughs> my lemon curd brings <laughs> all the bizcochos to the yard. You're welcome, Spain. So our heroes escape from the trap and they go back to... GCPD, and Batman chastises Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara for watching TV. This is amazing, too, because it's one of those things that all the fans have talked about for years and years and years of, what are these cops doing? Yeah, they're always just watching TV. They're never actually copping. They they don't cop, that's true. So Batman gives them some flack, but, you know, it seems pretty normal, because, you know, they should be doing their job. He's like, you shouldn't apologize to me, you should apologize to the taxpayers of Gotham. Not wrong. Not very Batman-like, though. No, no, definitely a little off. Seems angry and upset. Yeah, well, it's probably because the villains got away. Probably, or he's got lemon hands, and that's just not good. Oh, that's, can't be doing anything with lemon hands. <laughs> no, you can't. Back at the stately Wayne Manor, Aunt Harriet is snooping around Bruce's study, and she nearly discovers the secret entrance to the Batcave. But Bruce shows up in time, and he yells at her, and tells her to get out of there, and he blames Alfred for the incident, and fires him like on the spot like he says you're dismissed he's like oh for the night he's like fuck no alfred for forever (laughs) get out of my sight you stupid butler you stupid old bag of bones get out of here and dick's like hey didn't he like raise you he's like shut up dick i'm an adult now dick i grew (laughs) up maybe you should try it sometime dick (laughs) say golly gee willikers again dick (laughs) holy temper batman You and your fucking puns. Go practice your ballet. (laughs) Get out your thesaurus so you can do some more (laughs) alliteration. They alliterate so much in this movie. Almost everything. And I love that because it's every character doing it too. Yes. And no one calls it out, so it's beautiful. After a few days of searching Gotham and not finding Joker, Penguin, Riddler, and Catwoman... The Cape Crusaders figure the simplest theory is that the four crooks are no longer on Earth at all and have hijacked a space station. And good news, a rocket ship has just left. Yeah, that's what the that's what Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara were watching on TV. Exactly. So, you know, the theory checks out. Sometimes the simplest solution is is <laughs> the right one. It's that they left Earth. Right. So naturally, we gotta use the bat rocket. Naturally. And I love how there's a giant hanger in the Batcave for the Bat Rocket, to which, as the audience, you're going, 
Why would they ever need to make a bat rocket? To which Robin says, golly gee willikers, Batman, I never thought we'd have to use this bat rocket. An intergalactic spaceship is just another tool in a crime fighter's arsenal. (laughs) It's amazing! It's so good. (laughs) At the space station, Joker, Penguin, and Riddler, because yes, that's where they are, they betray Catwoman because they don't trust her to be loyal to them because of her feelings for Batman. So they try to throw her out into space. As you do! But, of course, she is rescued by the dynamic duo, and then she joins their team against her former allies because she is desperate for revenge. And now that we have these three together, I think it's appropriate time for three rapid-fire caped IMDb trivia facts. Yeah, go ahead, fire away! Adam West is the national treasure that Nick Cage should have been looking for. It's fact. Two. Burt Ward is the book that Nick Cage is looking for in National Treasure Book of Secrets. Also true. No one's seen that movie, so no one can deny it. And three, Julie Newmar is the nuts that Nick Cage is looking for in National Treasure Let's Get Nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! That's just so good. So good. (laughs) So now that the three of them are on board the space station, the villains explain that they plan to duplicate the Earth so they'll all have their own Gotham to rule. Why? I don't know. They're just tired of seeing each other, I guess. Earth's real big. Pick a new city. Doesn't have to be Gotham. Gotham is notoriously a shithole. Yeah, but they all want that shithole. That's fair. They just can't decide how to divvy it up, so they need to duplicate the Earth three times, so there's three (laughs) Gothams. Fine, I guess. Batman contemplates straight-up murdering them since they're outside the jurisdiction of Gotham City. Which is insane. It's like his strong moral fiber just (laughs) ate a shitload of Taco Bell. And it's real loose right now. (laughs) What's crazy is like there's no version of Batman that would ever do this, but especially not Adam West Batman. No, (laughs) especially not. And then he just starts beating the ever-living shit out of these characters. It's so brutal. He's just like, so there's like a brief zero-G beatdown. But the tide turns when Batman hits the uh, the switch for the anti-gravity. Right, because like he's punching Riddler and it's not doing anything. It's like you're punching underwater. They're not feeling They're making fun of him. Yeah. And when he turns that gravity back on, he is just seeing red. He gets up. He's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. That's and a direct quote. So good. I yes, love that is. they did that. But I even like how the onomatopoeia is just like, yeah. Oh, maybe don't watch this. It's like rip, torn, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. <laughs> But yeah, even the action words are more brutal. It's amazing. Catwoman, while all this is happening, escapes in an escape pod, and Batman and Robin end up recovering the replica ray, and then somehow getting back to Earth. Eh, we don't care too much about that. Batman tells Commissioner Gordon that he'll hold on to the replica ray to keep it from falling into the wrong hands, and then he vanishes, which is very unlike him. It's very unlike this Batman. Every other Batman, he does it all the time, but this Batman, they stay there for a while talking about like, wow, he never does that. That's kind of rude. How cool is that? It's so good. Even even uh, Robin's there like, what the hell was that? Where'd he go? And what's even better is then Robin runs outside and Batman's just taken off the Batmobile. And Robin's <laughs> like, how am I getting home? Peels out in the Batmobile, leaving Robin there. <laughs> and the thing that went through my head is, how does Robin pull off getting home now? Because he's dressed as Robin. He holds out his thumb to hitchhike. It's like, where do you tell him to drop him, Robin? Huh? Well, the good thing is when he gets back to Wayne Manor and expresses his concern toward Bruce, he does explain that a citizen lent him his bike. Oh, that's so nice of him. But yeah, he's concerned about Bruce's behavior at the space station and at the GCPD. So Bruce kicks him out and says, go hang out with Alfred, you dick. Why don't you go plie your ass right out of fucking Wayne Manor? (laughs) Why don't you you get out of here? I'm going to watch some TV. I'm a little bit tired of being Batman for a little while. It's a crazy turn. Which turns Gotham into an absolute nightmare because the police don't know how to police anymore. They never knew, first of all, and that was Batman's point. He wasn't wrong. Nope. And uh, these cops are now more useless than they've ever been. Yeah. So after a while, Batman returns to the Gotham City Police Department and blames the police's ineptitude for the increase in crime. And he's right. But then he decides that he's going to replace Gordon and (laughs) O'Hara... By using the replication rate on himself and appoint a new police commissioner Batman and police chief Batman. Which is amazing, but my favorite part of this whole scene 
is how like Batman's looking out the window, which is closed. So he's not looking at anything. <laughs> and he says to to Gordon and O'Hara, he's like, take off your uniforms. Uh, like it's what? supposed to be like metaphorically. He's like, yeah. no, take off your take uniforms. Off. I just start, wear like, a unbuttoning suit. their shirts. <laughs> Like, at least O'Hara has, like, a police hat, but Commissioner Gordon just wears a suit. He wears his home clothes. You're just telling this man to stress. <laughs> yeah. So good. But, yeah, there's multiple Batmen now. Yes. And Batman goes around all of Gotham, replacing most of the government, including Mayor Batman. Which There's is, now Mayor Batman. <laughs> which is such a good nod to both the arc from the 66 show, when Penguin was, was mayor, but also to Family Guy. Oh, yes. It's beautiful. Double wink. Oh, yes. Which kind of leads me to my next Cape Time to be trivia fact. Another. All right. This film has been accused of inappropriate behavior because it will not stop winking at the audience. It's true. <laughs> Made me feel like it wanted me a little bit. Right? <laughs> What's that? Ooh, pants. Oh, what are we doing here? What's happening down there in my, my bat region? That's what you call it. No. <laughs> My, my nether bats. What? That's it. You got your bat region in the front and your Gotham shithole in the back. The ex- it's perfect. You nailed it. Batman also goes around town replacing just random professionals like like bakers. <laughs> he doesn't like them. And citizens. Just There's just Batman all over Gotham. And he kind of lets slip that he intends to take over the world. Yeah, this is kind of a very cool what if. So Dick... While practicing his ballet, he's still all about this ballet. Oh, yeah. He realizes that the bat nip has a delayed effect. (laughs) (laughs) And Batman is slowly getting more evil over time. And he's the first one to realize, hey, this stuff might have worked. Now that Batman's taking over the government, he's like, hmm, something's wrong about Batman here. I like how it's the most obvious thing in the world something's wrong with this Batman. Yeah. And Robin, who could solve a puzzle so quickly... Is only now just being like, golly gee, Williker, I fucked up. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> it was kind of weird when he thought about killing those villains in space. Now that and I when think he fired about Alfred, that should have been like the first sign. Right. So he suits up as Robin and he goes to Catwoman's lair to try to get an antidote from her. She's, he's like, you have to have come up with an antidote, right? And she's like, I have one. And you know what? I will help you because I realize now that the effects of this batnip are a little out of control. There's too many Batman around. I can only seduce so many at once. Now, this just kind of hit me. Do you think that they used the term batnip as a nod to Batman and Robin with the bat nipples? Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. As you're, like, saying batnip more and more, I'm just going, hold on a second. This sounds familiar. You know, it might be how they at least arrived to the idea. Like, in the writer's room, this would be funny? Yeah. It's like, hey, we should be talking about, maybe Catwoman has some sort of, like, batnip. You know, we'll talk about, like, George Clooney batnips. Wait, batnip? Bat catnip. I've got Whoa! it. <laughs> we'll turn Batman evil with the bat nips. It's perfect. Robin and Catwoman take the Catmobile to the Bat Cave. Obviously, Robin drives because Catwoman doesn't know the way, and he knocks her out so she doesn't know where it is. Yeah, but I also like how she asks, "Are you old enough to drive this thing?" He says, "Yes, I have my learner's permit, <laughs> and I can drive this car as long as there's one other licensed adult in the car." Fantastic! It really is <laughs> so good. They get to the Bat Cave, which Catwoman says is the, the bachelor pad of all bachelor pads. It's wonderful. So good. And she also, like, accuses Robin of, like, hitting on her. She does. Because Robin's just like, I'm going to keep an eye on you. And she's like, I suspected you always did, you old so-and-so. <laughs> you silly kid. You. It's very weird. She's, like, trying to cougar him. Like, that's she... not the cat <laughs> that's the that wrong this woman cat. is trying to be. That's the wrong cat. It's funny because, like... Batman is also like, oh, someday you'll understand, Robin, you silly young kid. The, <laughs> these ladies, the, the more wily, the better. Stuff I say when I'm in space. That's right. All the space words. <laughs> What's said in space stays in space. Catwoman attempts to give Batman the antidote, but Batman had anticipated that move and had already taken a bat anti-antidote. <laughs> so good! Just, I mean, chef's kiss. <laughs> it really is. Batman and Robin are pretty evenly matched in a utility belt showdown, but when Catwoman tries to intervene, Batman defeats both of them and leaves them to die hanging over the nuclear launch site of the Bat Rocket. But since Batman is still a man, Catwoman's like, hey, you know what I want? I want one more kiss from you. 
and he's like, Of course! Naturally! You are the pussy I'm looking for! <laughs> no, they didn't include that line for some reason. No, I wonder why. <laughs> Trying to keep it PG over here. Right. But I like that Robin interrupts their kiss here, and he's like, well, I don't have time for that kiss. I gotta get out of here. And then leaves them dangling to die. And they do fall down into the nuclear reactor, but luckily they survive <laughs> because Robin had anticipated their eventual defeat and applied a bat anti-isotope spray to both of them before they arrived at the bat cave. Right, so that they were uh, saved from radiation. Because he, just, he figured, naturally, Batman's going to beat us, and he's going to leave us hanging over this nuclear launch site that we didn't even know was here until 20 minutes ago. Fuck it. I'll chef's kiss again. Mwah! So good. Knowing they can't take on Batman themselves, Robin and Catwoman disguise themselves as prison inspectors and arrange the prison break of most of Batman's rogues gallery from Gotham State Penitentiary. And they do it by walking around saying, hey... Those ball and chains aren't regulation. <laughs> and then they replace them. That pickaxe is out of date. We got to get you a new one. So villains like Archer, Black Widow, Bookworm, Clock King, Egghead, False Face, King Tut, Louis the Lilac, Mad Hatter, Minstrel, Mr. Freeze, Sandman, Shame, and Siren all break out of prison. Because the ball and chains now inflate and they just float over the walls. Yeah, yeah. And the pickaxes turn into little helicopters. They fly over the walls. And they gave, them, they gave them care packages of snacks and wholesome magazines that actually turn out to be their, you know, super villain costumes. I love it so much. While a prison guard tells the warden that Joker, Penguin, and Riddler didn't escape, all three of them turn into weird orange piles of dust. That's not great. So, you know, now everybody's gone from the prison. <laughs> right. They're guarding no one now. Robin and Catwoman and their team of criminals confront Batman, who is now hosting the Gotham Palace. It's his favorite show, damn it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to host it. I don't care about Miranda Monroe anymore. That's the host. And he ties her up, and she's just all tied up on the screen. Dave, I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. Hit me! During the fight at a TV studio, the camera operator switches the cameras to fight <laughs> scene, and the camera tilts to the side in a Dutch tilt, which was used throughout the Batman television series and film to depict the crooked hideout. Mwah! The, the chefest of kids. It was so good. As soon as they, as soon as they flipped that camera into fight scene, and you watched it tilt, and then the whole scene was ah. Oh, the camera slowly tilts, too, and it was one of those, like, oh, yes! It's so Well good. done! I, I might have given the movie a standing ovation at that moment. Absolutely brilliant move. So good. And then there's this giant fight scene with a ton of Batman and, like, his entire rogues gallery. Which is pretty great, again, and sometimes the bad guys are winning and sometimes the Batman's winning. Yeah. When you have that many Batman, uh, you, can, you can beat a few Batman. You can! It's allowed. But it's great because this rogues gallery recognizes that Batman is holding the city hostage because he's like, oh, I've put a UHF something or other on your satellites. And right. if you turn the channel or turn your TV off, it's going to blow up. You have to watch Gotham Palace because if you don't, your TV is going to explode. Exactly. That's not great. This is a bad Batman. This is a full on villain Batman. It's about time. And he's doing it better than any of the other villains. Yeah, they had to call in a, a lot of heat in order to try to shut him down. Like all of it. All the heat. Except for, you know, the three main heaters. <laughs> right. But even with the help of all these criminals, Batman still defeats Robin and Catwoman. But before he can kill them, because don't get it twisted, he intends to kill them. A man comes up with a tray with champagne on it and says, hey, congratulations on your TV show. <laughs> And Batman's like, you know what? I'll drink to that. And he takes a swig of the champagne, and it turns out it was Alfred disguised, and he gives him an antidote to counter the bat anti-antidote. And Batman says, oh my goodness, you slipped me a Mickey. <laughs> he does. He does say that. I've been slipped a Mickey. Well, that's what you get, Theo. Oh my god. Trying to take over the television with your jello pudding pops. And then I love I love this transition from evil Batman back to good Batman because it's just Adam West going, feeling better, spell <laughs> lifted. <laughs> Robin, old chum, I'm back to normal. And Robin's just like, oh good, I trust you. <laughs> yep, that's he should, I guess. <laughs> Thanks to the anti-anti-antidote. 
Yeah, we are like inception deep oh, <laughs> on yeah. antidotes right now. It's crazy. Batman returns to normal and the rest of his clones turn to dust because the replica ray wasn't strong enough to make perfect clones. They, they turn into dust after a while. That's right. And then Batman and Catwoman finally do the kiss that's been so long coming. About 50 years coming. Oh yeah, it's about time. Batman reveals that he once told Alfred, if I ever fire you, obviously I'm under some sort of evil mind manipulation spell. So here's the instructions <laughs> on making an anti-anti-antidote. I love that so much. Like he planned so far ahead. Everything is just like, oh, I already anticipated that this would happen. And like even Robin's doing it in the earlier scene and now it's just like I actually anticipated all of this <laughs> knowing that if I ever fired Alfred that I must be an evil doer it's the most prepared I love it that's why Batman with prep time wins every battle every single time Batman suddenly realizes that his behavior change was used as a distraction by Joker Penguin and Riddler and that they never intended to duplicate the earth that was never their plan at all then the villains that were already arrested were fake copies the real villains we're using the opportunity to rob the Gotham Art Museum of, like, two paintings in a Fabergé egg. Right? <laughs> it wasn't, like, the crime of the century at all. They went to space and turned Batman evil so they could steal two paintings and a <laughs> Fabergé egg. No one ever said that the stakes in Batman 66 were terribly high. <laughs> Joker, Penguin, and Riddler just wanted to get Batman out of the way first. So, you know, I guess kudos on successfully It doing worked that. for a while. Batman, Robin, and Catwoman, who has already escaped the GCPD because, you know, she got arrested and then immediately got out. They use the Whirly Bats to chase down the villains in Penguin's blimp. Which, I like how they point out the blimp. They're like, well, that's unconventional. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're like, did you? Could you have chosen a slower vehicle to get away in? And Penguin's like, oh, I got rocket boosters on this bitch, and he fires them. And then there's a whole scene where Batman and Robin have to throw their explosive batarangs, and they can only holy Hindenburg Batman. They have to hit the rocket boosters, <laughs> or else the whole thing's gonna go up. And that's why their aim must be true. I love it. It's so oh, much, so good. They finally get to the blimp and. The villainous trio is defeated one by one and knocked off the blimp to a safe location where they can be arrested. And then Catwoman tries to escape with the stolen artwork. But Batman's like, hey, consider the consequences. Dave, I have another cape dime to be trivia fact. I can't believe there's more. I can't believe that they approve this many. <laughs> Julie Newmar doesn't sound a day over 83 years old in this film. It's true. <laughs> this is the scene where it's most noticeable. Yeah, she sounds tired. <laughs> She's She is not the young spry Catwoman from the beginning of the movie. No, and they try to like sex up this Catwoman. You're just like, that like, is an 83-year-old an woman yeah. doing the voice. She agrees to turn herself over on one condition, that she and Batman run away to Europe together, <laughs> sip tea in a cafe, and live happily ever after. Which Robin says, holy unsatisfying ending, Batman. Which How is beautiful is that? The best dig on Dark Knight Rises. Oh my gosh, it's and then perfect. Catwoman follows it up with, and of course we kill Robin. <laughs> which is such a great cherry on top because Batman briefly considers it. Hmm. <laughs> this is the pussy I was looking for. <laughs> Uh, ultimately, unwilling to be caged, Catwoman jumps from the blimp into a smokestack, which, you know, you didn't see her die, so she's probably still alive. That's the rules of comic book movies. Of course. And then Batman uses a bat handkerchief to dry his tears. Later, Bruce and Dick throw Aunt Harriet a surprise birthday party, acting as if that's the secret they've been hiding from her this whole time. But she's like, oh, come on. You guys don't have to hide your secret from me. And I honestly think that Aunt Harriet thinks they're fucking. Yeah, they keep it so open-ended. <laughs> they really do. They're that like, you just don't know. Does Aunt Harriet know that they're Batman and Robin, or does she think that Bruce Wayne's a pedo? I don't know. I, I really don't know. And she even says, she's like, oh, it was so nice of you to take me in, like Dick Grayson's aunt, and you treat me like family. Yeah. You do whatever you got to do to the boy. This house is kick-ass, bro. <laughs> I used to think that you were keeping me around as like a cover, but... It turns out that you guys do want me around. That's great. You don't have to pretend about going <laughs> hunting anymore or fishing or whatever it was. That's it, fishing. It was fishing. And yes, it is supposed to be a 
are they, aren't they Batman and Robin type thing. That's yes. what you're supposed to be thinking about. But there are many different ways to read this. Big time. During the party, Bruce and Dick are called away by the bat signal, and they tell Aunt Harriet that they need to go skeet shooting. Which is the worst thing, especially if you think that there's a pedophile situation right. going on. She's like, okay, boys, wait a minute as they leave. And then, then we get credits. And during the credits, Batman tries to get rid of several bombs and also yep. the Catwoman dance. It's wonderful because this movie is wonderful. And that is Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders from 2016, directed by Rick Morales. It's fantastic. It's so good. It really is so good. Things that are this self-aware usually overdo it. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't here. They, this they is don't the, here. The perfect mix of 66 Batman and everything that's come since and paying homage to, yeah, Batman's a lot darker now, so we can make fun of that because we're back to campy Batman for this 78 minutes. And it is only 78 minutes. I think that's the most brilliant magic trick about this yes. because it feels a whole lot longer because the way it's paced out. Yeah. And the way the acts are structured, but man, does it work. It feels like 90 minutes at least, but it's only 78. Brian, let me ask you this. Ron Tomatoes, 1 to 100. What do you think? 80. 94%. Nice. The audience score is 67%. Oh, wow. And the folks on Letterboxd said, hey, this is awesome. So there's not a whole lot there. Good. But the monsters on Amazon.com had things to say about <laughs> When in doubt, we know where to find the monsters. Oh, they're always hiding there. This movie has a 4.6 out of 5. 78% are 5 star. 2% are 1 star. And from July 6, 2019, title, 1 star. Dot, 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 dot. Holy bat guano! Review. I wanted to puke! It reeks of bat guano! This is terrible! I could not get the two cartoons out of my queue fast enough. I think I soiled myself. <laughs> it's all in caps. Like I, I was going to say, you read oh, it like it was all caps. sad face and sad face at the end. Oh, yeah. Don't leave out the sad face. This person has issues, and I think it would be probably solved with some bad amusal. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> get him regular again. Exactly. From May 11th, 2021. This is animated, which sucks. What? I wanted the human version. <laughs> Could you imagine this movie in live action with the same actors, just 83-year-old Julie Newmar <laughs> in, the, in the Catwoman suit, just prancing around? I don't even know if that would be better than seeing Adam West in the Batman oh costume God. again. Or Burt Ward, because Burt Ward does not look like this anymore. He'd have a much harder time pulling himself up the side of a building. Oh, yes. He might even pull the building down. It's Who knows? Possible. And we did get the human version. Back in 1966. Exactly. You monster. That's what they wanted. From June 28th, 2018. Corny, campy, dung heap of a Batman. If you are a fan of the Dark Knight, not some cookie cutter, goody two-shoes steaming pile of excrement, just skip this one. <laughs> This guy's acting like it's canon to the Nolan verse. This guy's acting like there's only been one representation of Batman ever. Hey, this this stuff's really campy and not like the Batman I'm used to, but th this one came first, guy. But also, I'm 12. <laughs> Have you guys heard of this band called Nirvana? <laughs> How come everybody that dislikes this movie so far is really fixated on poop? I don't know, and that's a great question. <laughs> because they're 12. Speaking of poop, the last one I have is from November 3rd, 2016. Ben Affleck is the definitive Batman. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so, no. Uh, that is the most appropriate take for an Amazon.com review. That's a hot take on any Batman movie, especially an Adam West Batman movie. <laughs> I agreed. How about we give this thing a super stuff score? Yeah, why don't we do that? Let's start off with story and motivation. It's an evil Batman story, and I love it. It's so good. And it's a multiple Batman story, which you just can't do live action. You can't do a live action. This really does feel like a Batman what if. What if Batman yeah. tried to become the villain? How far would he go? Would he succeed? Would he use all the tools at his disposal? Yeah, and it's, it's brilliant because he's the best villain, and the only person who can beat him is Batman. I really, really enjoyed it. It's fantastic. It's a one from me. 
I agree. One for story motivation. Hero. It's Batman. It's Batman. And Robin. And Catwoman. And Catwoman, sort of, yeah. It's uh, it's Batman with prep time, and you just you can't beat that. You cannot beat that. And they solved this crime just as ridiculously as they did in Batman 66. <laughs> it's super appropriate. Another one from me. 100% one for hero. Villains. It's the classic threesome rogues gallery. We get all of them. We get almost every single Batman villain in this movie. And they do the most elaborate scheme <laughs> just to steal a, a couple paintings. <laughs> I love that the three of them are showing off what they stole outside the museum. And, and Joker's isn't even worth a lot. It's just a painting of a clown. And they're like, that's not even worth a lot of money. He's like, art's true value is in sentimental, not the actual dollar amount. And it's like, that's pretty good, Joker. It's not just any clown. It's Heath Ledger. Was it Heath Ledger? I'm pretty sure that's what I took it as, because it has kind of the same hair and the same makeup face to it. I, I was like, that looks like a Heath Ledger Joker. I thought it was more like a bozo, or like a drunken clown. Is there a difference? <laughs> Between Heath Ledger and bozo? No, bozo and oh. a drunken clown. I don't think so. <laughs> Either way, it's a really elaborate scheme to go nowhere in the best yeah. way. And let's not forget, Batman was a villain. He was. Let's go .75, because... Uh, you know what? No, I'm going to go one. I am going to go one again. I think it's a one. It does keep the classic tone yes. of the 66 Batman villains. Absolutely. And do we talk about parents or teamwork with this one? I think we got to talk parents. It's a Batman movie. Batman, you kind of have to go parents. Yeah, they're still dead, but we don't really see it. Yeah, we don't really, we don't get that, that alleyway, but we do get a fired Alfred, which is as close to dead as you get with Alfred. 0.25. Point two five. It's arbitrary. Who gives a damn? Yeah, I agree. Female characters. Julie fucking Newmar. Julie fucking Newmar. And barely on Harriet. Yeah, and Miranda Monroe gets tied up, and then That's also her name right. is Miranda Moore in the credits, so they can't even remember her name long enough to do the credits. Oops. Let's go point seven five because it's so good that Julie Newmar even said, "I'll do it." Yeah, yeah. I don't think it passes the Bechtel test. I don't think it does either. I don't think at any moment any two females are on screen together. But Nope. Hey, we like it, damn it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Setting. It's Gotham, I guess. Some version of it. It's a version of Gotham. This Gotham feels more like animated series Gotham until they start doing things and everything brightens up. Yeah, which is a bit strange. I, I kind of wish they either leaned into the bright tone of the 66 or... Mix it even harder. Make yeah. it more aggressive in a way. I'm going to go 0.25. It looks good. It just it does spectacular. And they do nail the Batcave in anime. They do. It has all the goofy shit with the T-Rex and the Big Penny. But yeah, I think 0.25 is appropriate, even though I do like the Fitzsimons frozen dinner factory. And then the, the all of the signs say Fitzsimmons, but you know Adam West did a line reading and it stuck. I love it. That's very good. But still, I'm sticking yeah. with it. 0.25 for setting. Let's talk about the style and tone. This is a bit of a magic trick. It really is. This is a 50-year-old property at this point. Yeah. Let's look at it as Batman 66. And they yeah. did this as a 50-year anniversary sort of celebration of what the show was back mm -hmm. in the day, but also what Batman has become. Yeah. And it honors every variation of it, poking fun where... It deserves to be poked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have your, your want to get nuts, let's get nuts line. You have your your joke about the ending of Dark Knight Rises. It's And you have Batnip. You do have Batnip. <laughs> but I just think that this is just so on the nose in the best way possible. Yeah, I think like it's... I, you could Favreau salute the entire time if you want for something being heavy-handed. And that's the but idea. That's it, exactly. They're, it's so self-aware and it does it perfectly. One five. I was going to say two, but yeah, I can go one five. I'll go two. Let's go two. Fine. I like it. <laughs> Let's talk about music. Christopher Carter, Michael McQuistion, and Lolita Ritmanis. It's fine. I like the bit of a modernization on the intro song. Yeah. That was kind of neat. Yeah. But the rest of it is just there. It's there. So 0.25 for kind of the intro. 0.25. Brings us to one liners. There's so many. There are an insane number of one-liners in this movie. We've said a ton so far. We have. You even brought up Batzookas 
and we didn't mention the line, Robin, time to use our trusty Batzuka. Let's just go one and call it a day? One, because you know what? there's so many? No language can be dead if it lives in your heart. (laughs) He's talking about Latin. (laughs) (laughs) One for one-liners. Oh, man. And the final category is impact on the genre. Now, this one's a bit tricky, because if you look at it as this film, it's not that large. No. And it wasn't supposed to be that large. No, it was supposed to be a celebration. Honor and celebrate the character. Yeah. It was a very limited release, too, to theaters for one night, so I wouldn't even talk about what it grossed. Yeah, and no one's heard of this thing either. Right. Except, I mean, hardcore fans might not even know this thing exists. Yeah. And it got a sequel. It did, with the Two-Face. That's right. The only villain who didn't show up in this one. <laughs> right, right. Uh, let's go 0.25, because I don't want to give it a zero. I agree. Uh, 0.25, because I don't want to <laughs> give it a zero, my only is reasoning. the perfect. It's kind of fun knowing that we make the rules, huh? Yeah. It's like, hey, I like it. So, guess what? Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders gets a total score of 7.75. Nailed it! Which is pitch perfect. It really, really is. And on that note, Brian, let me ask you, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going back to the X-Men. And if you've been following along our X-Men journey, you might be like, oh, they're going to do they're gonna do Apocalypse. But no. No, we're not. <laughs> we are absolutely not. We are skipping right to the one you've been waiting for, Logan. I have never seen it. I know. And I'm so excited to finally... Not only for you to see it, but to get to talk about it, because this movie is a movie that I would want to talk to you about regardless of if we were doing an episode on it, and you haven't watched it, and it's been driving me absolutely insane. But you know why? It's kind of like Thor Ragnarok, where I I missed it in theaters due to having kid, because apparently that's all I do now. (laughs) It's like Ali Wong putting out a comedy special. Exactly! (laughs) But I I hadn't seen it, and then we started the show, and I was like, I guess I can't see it now, because I want to kind of go in fresh eyes. Yeah. And I've been holding off on Logan, and I've been so curious about it. I respect that. For years. Finally, you get to see Logan. I can't wait. Next week, I get to finally see Logan. (laughs) Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Witness with Harrison Ford. Such a good movie. Email your questions and comments to katepodcasters at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at katepodcasters on all of the things, especially on Facebook, where we always put up a post on recording day asking for your questions and comments. And we got one. Jeff Miners asks, if they were to bring back the campy 60s-style Batman, live or animated, which actors would be the best choices? To which I will say, rewind one hour. <laughs> yeah, they, they did that. That's the, the thing you're commenting on right now. I don't know. I would guess Batman could be whoever the mayor of Quahog is now. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't watched Family Guy in probably a decade. Same, but I imagine it's no longer Adam West. So whoever so that is, that's new that Batman. that person is new Batman. Nailed it. We are the best at this for a reason. <laughs> Jeff, thank you. Everyone, thank you for listening. Brian, do you have anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week for Logan. Same bat time. Same bat channel. (laughs) 